Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I am your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 19. Almost to 20. We're getting there. You've been listening to the past week, Matt. So I have been listening to a band I listened to for a little while now. I'm not sure how long they've been around, but they've been in the math rock game for a bit. They're called AM Overcast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. I'm not, actually. Uh, They have an EP out called the Owlet EP, O-W-L-E-T. And the intro track and the first track, Owlet and Oleander, are just this gorgeous piece of music that just sounds so good together. It's a really short EP, and every song like plays into the next one. Uh, like a whole, uh, it's like a whole kind piece, of, yeah. But it's like separated by song, and it has like callbacks to other other guitar parts and vocal parts and things like that. But I'm, the first two tracks are just so great together. I'll definitely have to check. That seems like a hundred percent up my alley. Yeah. And then a band you would know, uh, I've been listening to Junior Battles. Oh, nice. Uh, specifically Birthday Parties versus Punk Routine. Oh, of course. Of I course. mean, <laughs> that song is insanely good. It's so good. And what do they do with the bass in that song? Hopefully that comes up one day so we can talk about it. Oh, yeah. Because I could dive deep into the way they wrote and how that song progresses along. It's just amazing live show. Written too. so well. Uh, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been actually rocking a lot off of my release radar the past week. Uh, Lamb of God has a new single out called Ditch off of their new album, which I was actually surprised how good it is, how much I liked it. I mean, I like Lamb of God, but I, their last couple albums just haven't hit the same way for me, kind of as like the Ashes of the Wake stuff, but this right. is really good. You face down, down in a ditch That you took yourself You can live and die Why the hell you tell Lord Well, consequence And you can never tell Live or die Why the hell you tell Down in a ditch That you took yourself You can live and die My old uh, classic, The Wombats. The Wombats? Put out two song single. Oh, I forgot about them. And uh, always got to check The Wombats. It's just yeah. fun, dancey yeah. British guys, you know, getting a little messed up and having a good time. Nothing wrong with that.
Yeah, all, uh, all, a lot of new this week. Good. Well, if you want to check those songs out, you can find them on our Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify, and you can find them on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. All right, Matt, you're up first this week, so let's get that roll and see what song we get. Is it a six? Six. That's a six. All right, let's see. Let me do the thing where I do the thing. Normalization Blues from AJJ. Nice. I, do you know? Yeah, this is one yeah. you told me about, right? Yeah. A little bit different, a little bit out there. Yeah. Changing, acclimating to the madness. I can feel my outrage shifting into a dull, despondent sadness. I can feel a crust growing over my eyes like a falcon hood. I've got the normalization blues. This isn't normal, this isn't good. I'm detached and I'm distracted, all keyed up but unproductive, vacillating between being all. All right, so that was Normalization Blues from AJJ. Off the Good Luck Everybody album from 2020. Quite a bit different than what we've been getting. A little bit, which is nice. Yeah, it's. Not, I mean, obviously we love the the pop punk and and related genres, but it's it is nice to branch out into something that's kind of almost completely different. A little more, I guess. Well, it's folk punk ish, anti folk folk punk. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I've never seen anti folk until today. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting genre name. Now, you may have known AJJ as the former name of Andrew Jackson Jihad. Yes. Which, I can imagine why they changed their name. Yeah, they were Andrew Jackson Jihad from when they formed in 2004 until 2016. And uh, they changed the name two reasons. One, because they just didn't feel comfortable using Jihad in the name, not being Muslims. Right. And two, they didn't want Andrew Jackson in the name anymore because it kind of came out that he was kind of shitty yeah just a little <laughs> so they they didn't want to glorify him anymore which you know this is a uh this town needs guns situation yeah just yeah. kind of i mean they're everybody like you know 2004 i'm sure you know teenagers or college age then yeah, 15 years 10 years later you're like oh maybe that's not such a good name but this song specifically was released as a single on january 8th 2020 uh you know Right before, right before everything went to shit, uh, they were they were going on tours through the beginning of January, and they were going to do a second leg, which was going to start at mid March. But then, then four days before the tour was supposed to start, everything shut down. Yeah, I mean they they it was almost to the week. Yeah, of which when, is crazy when like COVID exploded and everything shut down. So really not what you want to happen right when you're putting an album out or not, yeah, not when you're not when you're going on tour for you know the thing that makes you money and also the touring is the only way to actually make you know decent money off of it right because you know you can still put out music in a pandemic and everybody did but you know, as everybody knows spotify is not really a good source of income if you're a musician yeah streaming and youtube and all that kind of stuff is not going to be your main source. Especially, you know, for like a folk punk kind of band, 
you're you're making everything from your shows and selling merch directly to the fans. Right, because I mean, the, these guys toured pretty extensively through most of their career. I mean, they were it looks like they were on the road most of the time. Yeah, I mean, this is another one where they've toured with like everybody who's everybody. Not to mention they've been super busy in the studio and with live albums, and they love the number seven apparently. They've had seven studio albums, seven EPs, seven live albums, seven compilations, 11 splits, and four demos. Which is a lot of material. Yes. A lot of releases. That's and a ton of material. Even given that they've been around since 2004, that's just a consistent high output. I mean, a lot of times you get one release every two to three years from a band. That's like two to three releases every year. Yeah, like, <laughs> something, a split, an yeah. EP, a live something. album. Something was obviously the demos. Three of the four demos were done uh, a long time ago, before like back when the early days. But they still even put out one more, re- not more recently, but more recently than the others. But to have that many studio albums, EPs, live album splits, compilations, that's 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 a lot. Yeah, and I mean that really shows like passion and dedication to the craft and to the fans. Yeah. Too. I mean, even just the 14 studio albums and EPs, that's a lot of original songs. Yeah. I mean, there's artists that have been around twice as long that have not put yes. out that many releases. So it's, you know, if you, you enjoy the band, you're continuously getting a flow of new material. And this release being this, the last release they did in 2020, it was received very well. Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like this was one of their highest, if not highest, profile releases. Yeah, they got a lot of four, four and a half out of five star reviews uh, when it was released from a lot of like the big review spots. At least the big review spots for punk music. Yeah, which, I mean, being a folk punk band, I right. think that's the highest level of media you're going to get. Lyrically, this song seems like it's even more applicable now than when it came out. Yeah, and it's a little political, slightly. I well, would say. yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a hyper political folk punk band, you know, no, yeah. big, no big deal. But it's, I like the way that it's written. And yeah, like we were saying, it's, it's like they wrote the song in 2019. They're like, oh, the next couple of years are going to be crazy. But then it still remained relevant. Yeah, I mean, like at the time, we thought everything was popping off with, yeah. you know, the new president and everything, then, which is a lot of what this is referring to, Yeah, is the climate of the country and everything after Trump became president and half the country decided it was okay to be bigots again. Right. But with COVID, it kind of, especially there's lines in the song about, you know, connecting with people, but being alone, which... I don't think they could have anticipated (laughs) how well that would end up reflecting what was about to happen. Right, because they were in the studio mid-2019. So this was before it was even really discussed or talked about that anything was going on. Yeah, I mean, nobody knew. Even like when this came out at the beginning of 2020, it was like a vague story over from you know, yeah. Asia that you heard a little bit about, and then it was just like... <laughs> and I didn't see when he actually wrote the song, so it may not even have been written when they were in the studio. Uh, yeah, I mean... So this... it's at some point between 2016 and 2019 that this song was written. So there's no way they could have known that everything was going to change, but then their lyrics stayed incredibly relevant. And, I mean, that's... 
I don't know if it's luck or a gift or or what you want to attribute it to, but it it was so fitting for when it came out, but to then be even more fitting yeah. for the completely unexpected year that was about to follow. I mean, it could also be a curse considering the things that have maybe, maybe to follow. Maybe this song made it happen. That's true. He's magic. But like the beginning of the song, like the first little section, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward on that one. Like you're just getting used to crazy. Like you're you're becoming numb to the craziness. No, which is something I think that doesn't get talked about enough, which is good that there's songs like this because like it really in the past five, ten years, the amount of in things that have, are now like regular things that nobody makes a big deal about that ten years ago would have been a giant Oh, a huge thing. shit show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah, it happened, whatever, like, next day. And it's it, this song really captures that, like, struggling, and especially being of that political persuasion. Right. And seeing all of this, you know, stuff that we kind of naively thought was gone decades ago. And, like, the, the second stanza, I guess it is, the way these lyrics are yeah there's not a this is not a verse chorus song yeah i'm detached and i'm distracted all keyed up but unproductive i'm detached and i'm distracted all keyed up but unproductive vacillating between being all excited and disgusted and then dozing lackadaisically in this bubble where i've made my mental home connection's more important now than it ever was but i'd rather be alone Like that, yeah. <laughs> that, that gets you right there. That's like, one of those ones that hits hard. The past couple years, especially, you, you try to like be positive, and it's just like everything comes creeping back in. Like, mm-hmm. oh wait, no, this is the world now. It's weird and crazy. And then you're like, I really want to, I really want to do something about this. But we know what can I do? You're all excited to do this, then you're not, and then you're just stuck. But you can't do anything, but you want to do something, and then you end up tying yourself out and not hearing about anything else going on around you because you've made this little bubble that you're comfortable in. Yeah, which, I mean, in this day and age, you kind of have to do to keep yeah. your sanity, because if you just inundate yourself with what's going on in the world all the time, you're going to go crazy. Yep. And then the next one, <laughs> where he talks about the president. Yeah, either Pissed off over giggling. giggling. That, that, I love that line so much. Yeah, about an atrocity he's committing or some stupid shit he's tweeting. And when we talk about the president, we're either pissed off or we're giggling about an atrocity he's committing or some stupid shit he's tweeting. He's a symptom and a weapon of the evil men who really run the show. The ones who melt down human beings into money like a cruel sorcerer's stone. Which... Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before COVID, that was basically, you know... That was it. What's what's the dumb shit he's doing today? Is it going to be a ridiculous tweet, or is he going to try to do something like reinstate slavery? Yeah. How, how, how bad is it going to be on the scale today? But then they do a little bit of a swerve, I feel, lyrically, especially in 2019, because, I mean, while this part about Trump is, you know, definitely accurate, they do go into, like, the whole... It's he's a product of a system. That he's the show. Yeah. yeah, like it is. He didn't come up with all of this stuff himself. No. Like this is, people give him way too much credit. There are people behind him that yeah. are that are really making decisions. But it's it, you know it does because the easy thing in politics is just. 
go after the president. Yeah. You know, Trump or Obama or Bush or, you know, whatever, whoever's that's, the that's president. That's who you're going after. You're going after the face. Yeah. yeah, the other guy, the other party is going to go at them, but there's a lot more going on and a lot of other people that are involved in the way that these things fact, go. There's two other branches <laughs> that yeah. aren't talked about nearly as much that really need to be looked at. So, you know, he did go a bit deeper and address like the core, you know, there is an actual problem here and I'm not just going to take the low hanging fruit and leave it at that. Like I'm going to go to the next level here. Yeah, like, Hey, pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. It's not just this surface level thing. There are some evil people that are at work here that we really need to talk about. As they continue, you know, continue on, uh, it goes from there into, you know, they try to divide us and largely they're succeeding. Which is true. Because they undermine our confidence in the news that we are reading. Also true. I mean, uh, like you said when we were doing research, you can take any two or four lines mm -hmm. out of this song and they're all super relevant to both three years ago and now. Yeah, I mean, and this section here, specifically this section here, I mean, you take this and... There was the next section, and they make us fight each other with our faces buried deep inside our phones. Rest in peace to the information age. Those days are now long dead and gone. Uh, Facebook? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, <laughs> that's, that's true, I mean, and I'm, really? I'm like, just as guilty as anybody else. You know, I'll get in some stupid-ass debate in Facebook comments, and then, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to change the other person's mind. They're not going to change my mind, and why am I spending all this time doing this on mm -hmm. Facebook? Let me go do something else. So that's the thing I have written down in my notes. is like everybody wants to be right online and take their sides. And yeah. That's, that, that's not what the information age was supposed to be. It's supposed to be about freedom of information and the ability to go online and look up the lyrics to a song or figure out something else that you need to learn about or dig up all this stuff that you never knew existed. It's like not that, that, argue over who the fuck scored the right <laughs> touchdown. Like, like the, that meme that's been going around forever, like... Before, I thought that, you know, people's problem was a lack of access to information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then everybody got the internet, and they got dumber. They, got, so they somehow the, got dumber. Lack of access to information is not the problem. No. Knowing what to do with the information is the problem. We need to go back to sets of encyclopedias. I mean... Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> and no... Is that like, way, if you want to learn something, you have to go find it. That was a pain, trying to do school reports and, like... I need 15 books on the table and flip through them all. And, you know. But you only had the encyclopedias from 1996. You didn't have the 1999 version. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like they, you know, they decided Pluto wasn't a planet and your tongue didn't have taste bud zones in that time. <laughs> <laughs> Everything they taught us in elementary school, they changed their mind on two years later. It's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Part of it is, you know, what it says... They're dividing us by undermining our confidence in, like, the news that we read and yeah. everything. And that is a main driving thing of the whole political climate and social climate. Like, what everything this song is addressing is everything's being played up to, like, you have to be at one extreme or the other. Yeah. And you have to have, like, a death wish for the other side. You will. You cannot change your mind. And people are so worked up that any kind of intelligent discourse is just not there because it's yeah. it's all about your news is wrong my news is right yeah. you're like 
They take it like you're trying to insult them, like instead yeah. of trying to have a conversation about it. And so much of the shit out there is bias, is wrong, and most people don't want to do the work to evaluate the validity of a news source. They just want to click it, doom scroll it, and go to the next yep. thing. Or they only click things that reinforce what they right. already think. Which then and, reinforces algorithms yeah. that reinforce that, and then reinforce it again, and they get stuck in this loop of just bad information. And... As I mean, we can pretty much talk about any of the lyrics, but we get to the last two sections, and I, I guess it's a little bit of a change of tone, but it really kind of shifts towards the end. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little heavier. And then I, the last section is... It's my favorite. Yeah. the I, absolute My absolute favorite part of it. This is the golden age of dickatry probably the last golden age of anything and the ugliest word in the English language is Anthropocene this is the golden age of dickatry probably the last golden age of anything and the ugliest word in the English language is Anthropocene which means the yeah. human era not gonna lie I probably should have knew this but I had to look it up but it is our current yes, geological, our current geological epoch. epoch, which is the human era, which makes that line that much better. That yep. that is definitely the ugliest word in the English language is referring to the human era. No worse time on planet Earth than since we've been at the top and in charge of the planet. That's right. And then just the way after that, he trails off in that Anthropocene and then you get a, like a break in the music and he hits that real... Good luck, Good luck, everybody. everybody. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, more of a talked line. Mm -hmm. It's but spoken. It's, it just makes the whole message and feeling of the song just, like, hit home. and kind of It wraps it up really nicely. Like, hey, remember all that fucked up stuff I just talked about? Well, yeah. Luck. <laughs> Good luck, because it doesn't seem to be any sort of, you know, there doesn't seem to be any sort of resolution to this current situation in the sight of the near future. Right. Which, and you know, three years on from this song, he's not wrong. <laughs> we're in at least as bad of a place, if not worse. Well, I'm going to say worse because we're definitely worse. You know, <laughs> this song was a little bit before you know the attempted overthrow of the country and whatnot. Yeah, you know, just that little <laughs> event. And here's the thing: we're sitting here joking about it. It should not be something we we should be holding driving joke about. home the point of the song, <laughs> the entire overarching message of. None of this shit is normal, and it's weird that, that it is. <laughs> even to those of us that are against it, here we are, just cracking, you know, tongue-in-cheek tongue jokes about it, like it's not something that's, like, actually genuinely affecting millions of people's lives right. in a negative way. Right. And, you know, it, to be clear, we do think that, you know, these political things are serious, but you but gotta... They absolutely are, yes. I mean, it's... But you got to approach it with some levity to just not go completely depressed and crazy. Like that's I feel like that's the thing. And the way that the song's written embodies that because there's a lot of tongue in cheek, you know, wordplay and clever little jokes and everything. Harry Potter reference and then yeah. like <laughs> But then like those last two sections are really is what is bringing it home and saying, "Hey, yes, this is this is serious. Like shit is bad." Yeah, and, and it's this is probably going to get worse. Era. It's going to get worse. <laughs> Good luck. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see 
anybody suddenly being like, oh, wow, this is this is crazy, guys. We need to stop this. Like, yeah, no, it's not going to change. Let, let, let's have a conversation and try to work out some of these issues, which, I mean, that's the way the country should work. Right. You know, democracy. We've talked about the song this long, and I we have not mentioned a single thing about the music. So the music, uh, the guitar well, part... I mean, it's folk punk. It's, it's folk about punk. the lyrics. It's it really is. But I mean, I, I do like the guitar part. The guitar, I mean, the guitar work is actually really cool because it's granted it's mostly just chords. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a lot of kind of just like an E major chord with mm-hmm. a few variations and some diddle diddles, some little some little diddle diddles. But I mean, you don't want the music to take away from the lyrics in a song like this, right? And it, the the chords are playing with the with the vocals. And then in between the vocals, they're doing those little like those little runs. Yeah, it's very really cool. like bluegrassy yeah. kind of feel, like the good country. Yeah, the 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 backwoods stuff. Yeah, you're, the, you're, the mountain people you're, stuff. Your twangs and your diddles yeah. and like my your, people stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, your percussion is a washboard. Your melody's a, a moonshine uh-huh. jug. Somebody's got a fiddle somewhere. Yeah, but it's a great vibe. Like it, it it's. Again, you know, Motion City Soundtrack Syndrome, as we've taken the calling it. Discussing really dark, serious, lyrical yeah. matter in a very kind of upbeat, fun music underneath of it. Yeah, because it really is. I mean, the, the, the chords and stuff are all, you know. You hear that, com- it comes in the beginning with the, the quick strums and the little fill parts, and the, you don't expect it to be like, the entire social climate of this country is fucked and it's only going to get worse. Good luck. <laughs> and well that i mean that's part of the thing too is sometimes we get songs that are all about the music and mm-hmm. sometimes we get songs that are about, about the lyrics. lyrics sometimes we'll have one that's gonna be both sometimes we're gonna get ones that are neither yeah sometimes they don't have lyrics yeah that's that's gonna happen possibly sometimes they don't have music we could end up with nakapella something somehow we were just listening to one earlier <laughs> that's true and there was one in our listening to playlist. Foresh- foreshadowing, yeah. maybe. This is the golden age of dickatry. Probably the last golden age of anything. And the ugliest word in the English language is Anthropocene. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Uh, all right. That was Normalization Blues from the artist AJJ off of the Good Luck Everybody album from 2020. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. It'll be Dave's turn. All right, and we're back. So, Dave, go ahead and roll the die. Let's see what you get. All right. Four. Wow. wow, super short rolls today. Okay, here we go. Be Calm by Fun. Oh, fun. That's old fun, right? Yeah, the one good album. Yeah. city my back feeling much better i suppose i reclaim the use of my imagination for better 
better or for worse, I've yet to know. But I always knew you'd be the one to understand me. All right, and that was fun with Be Calm off of their debut album, Aim and Ignite, from 2009. And fun, if you're not familiar, although I, I think most people would probably be more familiar with fun, is the former lead singer of The Format, Nate Ruiz. Which is what I'm more familiar with. Yes. Now, you know, The Format was very, I guess, underground popular indie band. Yeah, I guess you could say that. In the early 2000s. Very unique style. Uh, Nate has a very unique voice. And in 2008, The Format ceased to be a band, and Nate started fun with Andrew Dost and Jack Antonoff, who are from Anathalo and Steel Train, respectively. Right. Kind of kind of a funny story how they started. It was kind of three musicians who all were having their bands end at basically the same time. And they all met and were like, let's make some music together. It's crazy how that kind of shit works out. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they, they happened to meet. Nate already knew Andrew from the past, and then they met or he met Jack because Steel Train toured with the format. And then it was just kind of like, hey, I'm not, you know, all, all of our projects are ending. Let's jam. And it, it came to this album, essentially. Now, I feel like this album is a lot closer to the format work than it is to... Uh, Some Nights, which came after this. Right, which is the... That's probably the stuff everyone knows. It has, like, the We Are Young, and which was on fucking everything. Everything. Yeah, like, every TV show and everything was everywhere, which, personally, I don't really like that album. It strayed away from the sound and everything that I liked from Nate and the format. And from this album, get into that more in a little bit. Now, this album got very high praise when it came out yeah it didn't get like a ton of i guess play or exposure compared to some nights but critically yeah people saying this is what a pop album should sound like and i mean i I agree you know this and uh the format's dog problems album i feel are very close i'm way more familiar with the format because i didn't really start listening to fun or I kind of forgot about fun, honestly. Because yeah. I think I listened to a single like before they got the Some Nights album out, and I was like, well, I don't really, it's not really my jive. Yeah, I mean, going, it's... Going it, back to this song, I wish I had paid a little bit more attention because I really like this song. Yeah, now, a lot of a lot of this album has this this kind of sound. It's uh, theatrical? I, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's it's theatrical. I mean, it's, it it's, feels it's a musical. more like a, you know, like a musical yeah, production. production, yeah, than just a straight, you know, pop song, which I think contributes to that, you know, this is what pop should be. There's there's thought, there's craft to it. It's, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons to, like, original Panic at the Disco albums. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of weird instruments kind of yeah. in the background. They use a lot of different things, rotate through Jack and Andrew, both are multi-instrumentalists. It shows. And, you know, they've got some weird glockenspiels and flugelhorns mm-hmm. here I mean, it and there. An accordion. Yeah, and it's it's a unique sound. I can't, I can't think of another band that really has the this sound of, like, late format, early fun. No, not 
not anything that's that has done more than like a single album or like a concept album or anything like that. Like we were talking about it for a while. There's bands like Forgive Durden, yeah. which did a whole musical album, but that's still that's not really their Yeah, that's but that's also that was a concept album. It wasn't yeah, like going, their style. Going more like full music like an yeah, actual They wrote a musical. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is kind of I guess in the middle. Yeah. Where it's like inspired and takes elements from musicals and how that is different from, you know, rock songs or pop songs. I mean, you could even put this almost in the same vein as like late The Matches albums. Yeah. If it like is... The Matches are more on like the punk, pop, punk side of it all, where fun is on the very pop side of it. Yeah, there's a lot of... a big theatrical style to it. You can tell, you can tell, you can almost feel like the, like the orchestrator conductor you yeah. know doing the hand thing i don't know what it's called i was never Conducting? in band like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was in band for one year it's fair. seventh grade and i played drum bass uh, drum so even better i didn't really yeah but there's i love the feel like it, it's full there's yeah. diff, you know different instruments here and there different parts that just kind of add to the ambiance and they're not like a main melody at all. No, I mean there's a lot of background going on, and it's it's spread out over the stereo really really well. Where you're pulling things like you said you had, you had one headphone, headphone off, and I was missing. Off. There were there were two string parts, and I was only getting one of them. You missed one completely, which is what you would normally do with like guitars and stuff that you normally don't hear spread out. In yeah, pop us- songs. using more like in, you know stringed instruments, horn instruments, yeah. and stuff. They're generally not panned like that at least in this kind of music i'm not you know jazz and stuff i don't have enough experience to know how they produce it yeah a lot of times with stuff like this you'll just get these big wide open uh just i don't even i can't even think of the words for it but this is more actually like this violin part is panned to the left yeah this one is panned to the right not like Oh, it's a little to the right, but then we put some stuff on it to make it sound like it's in the left too. Like, no, these are some almost hard panned. Yeah, actually, they are hard panned parts. And it, it it's in a way that it also comes off more as like the musical sound, where you you really can like hear the different parts and notice as it goes through the song. There's kind of I guess movements. Yeah, and different instruments or sets of instruments take the melodic lead for different parts of the song and that adds to the theatrical musical feel where you're you're just moving through like a continuous tale through the music right i mean you could you could see it if you have that kind of mind's eye and i've been in theater and musicals and stuff like that you could be sitting in the audience and watch this play out on a stage in front of you uh, with a set and everything, like you uh, see yeah. dancing around and spinning on poles and you know, walking down the street and the the big grand gesticulations yeah. while you're singing, you know, it. I'm kind of surprised they didn't like t- do a music video kind of like that. Honestly, yeah. With this, and we should do it. We should. Let's do it. They didn't do it. Let's do it That's ourselves. Right. <laughs> Fuck it, do it ourselves. We'll do it live. One thing that is, uh, I find very impressive about the band is the the band member sections and a the list of instruments that these guys are playing but b the number of touring musicians around this time uh, that came out with them to yeah. help out like with all the other parts that weren't already being played by because i mostly mean, andrew but andrew jack and nate when you're putting out this kind of music and your band at its core is three guys yeah 
you, you can't it's do like, anything close to this live with three guys, no matter how you try to mess it around and set up so, you know, the drummer can hit, hit the keyboard next to him. Or, it, there's too many. There's like 12 instruments. Right, in the and this is like what I was talking about uh, when we were off mic. Like, I'm curious to see how They Might Be Giants do it. Yeah, you have all these all these parts that are way more parts than your normal touring band setup would have. Which is, but it's just John and John. Like that's yeah. that's the whole band is John and John. But you have these big pieces that they do. So I'm curious to see how many musicians they tour with. I bet that list is pretty long too. Oh, I, I've I've seen videos and it's there's a lot of people. In a way, I kind of feel something like this where it's like. Each year you see them tour, there's a different set of mm-hmm. touring musicians with them. Now, some people don't like that because, you know, you they want to go to a concert and hear it the exact way yeah. it is on the album every time. I personally like, I like seeing live, different live takes on songs. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mean, know? you normally look through and watch live videos and stuff when we're going through this. Yeah, that's... To see the different sound, like how, how yeah, it looks b- for you. Behind the scenes, almost yeah. every song, I pop up a live video on YouTube, either to see who's playing what or just kind of how it... Like you were talking with the whole They Might Be Giants and with fun, like to see how it comes together live. Yeah, because you can do... This shit in the studio is easy. You yeah, know, if you have three dudes, we all play multiple instruments. You just rotate in and out, and you just play your part, and then you go yeah, to the next like one. You and put down one. the drums, and but you put down the. <laughs> that, you can't do that live. No, and the thing is, if they just had the three guys, no matter how they tried to, it would be missing things. You would have to do it as an acoustic set. Like yeah, you now, would have to be an acoustic set for that kind of stuff to work, because you have to cut out literally everything. From from some of the reviews I've seen from around this album came out, there were some reviewers who saw them live and actually, I think at the time, maybe they didn't have a full touring right. group with them. So it was a more stripped down version than that's on the album. And the reviewers were saying they liked that better. Well, I could see that. Because now this is, the recorded work is too fussed over but when i saw them live and their sound was more stripped down out of necessity emphasizing their powerful songwriting i thought they were wonderful uh now this is a quote from pop doses ken shane i mean now that makes a lot of sense though because when you strip down all those parts you have to pick the best parts to right come forward you know you only have so many people on stage. Yeah. So you have 12 parts, you have 12 instruments going, but you only have six people touring with you. You're going to pick these six best parts for those people to play. Yeah, and I mean, I I can see both sides because I do like and appreciate the production that's on the album, you know, right. all of the over-the-top, because I feel like that fits the theatrical feel that Nate liked at that time. But also, yeah, you, you take away some of the, the atmosphere and everything, the extra instruments, it makes you focus on, like, the lyrics or the vocal melody right. or the main guitar part or something that's, I guess, more of a core aspect mm-hmm. of the song. There's only one time that I was specifically happy that an original musician came touring, and that was when I saw Cursive play the ugly organ and the original cellist came. Well, I mean, yeah, like that, that's you. You can't have anything other than that in those situations. Some some parts, like the uh, at least like the redheaded sleight of hand. Yeah, you have to cello have that shredding. Person, yeah. yeah, it's unique. 
to that song and sometimes it's just like a moment and, yep. and I don't want to hear a different version exactly. of it. Exactly. I want to so hear good. them all together playing, you know, how that was. But most of the time... I like variation. Like when I went to RX Band, they had a horn section. It was not the original horn section, but it was right. still dope. Yeah, because, I mean, they kind of dropped off the horns yeah. for a while, so I'm sure those guys moved on. Yeah. And it just sounded, you know, you had live players playing the way that they felt it needed to be played live. Now, I don't know. I just had a, a, a theory on that since we're both very into ska music. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've talked about in general, ska bands have a constantly rotating horn section for yeah. the most part for most bands. So you'll get a little bit different takes on everything or somebody will improv a part differently that's on the recording. And I like that. I like you know, if I go to a show and I just hear the song exactly as I've heard it a million times on the album, that doesn't do it for me like it does it for Most other time, people. Because yeah. I don't know if it's from playing music and seeing it that way and like knowing if you just go play the same thing exactly the same every night, it's boring. Yeah. For the and musicians, you know, And at you know least. that they're just kind of going, th- they, they, you can tell that some of them are just going through the motion of like, all right. Here's our hit. Let's play our hit. We're going to play yeah. it like we played it for the last 15 years. Which, Other than bands like Less Than Jake, who yeah. for some reason are still excited to play those same songs after 15 years. And but, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that, no, not especially at all. if it's a good song. But I just appreciate, you know, musicians taking the song and continuing to evolve, evolve it yeah. and work with it. And a lot of times people have come up with new parts on a tour that became a permanent part <laughs> right. of the song. That, you know, it was like it started out as like a jam because they were wanted to make the song longer and more interesting or something. And then it's like, oh, yeah, for, this is a permanent part yeah, of the song now. Yeah, we're going to keep that. And I, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but I know bands have actually done that and then re-recorded it with the added material from the live stuff to be in an official album version. Yeah, no, I know it's happened, but I couldn't give you a name. And then, of course, there's always, like, uh, you know, the Real Big Fish SR, where you just, here's our song, but we're going to play it in 10 different genres, yeah, right. just because and it's I'm sure fun. They, they each came up with one and, and put it all together and all that kind of stuff. So, I guess going going back more to the, the specific song, it's, the, the way the song is built and put together with the sections is... I don't know, it's kind of like a hybrid between the more musical thing and a more traditional pop song. Because yes. you do have the chorus that repeats three or four times, at least lyrically, the, you know, be calm, be calm. Be calm, be calm. I know you feel like you were breaking down. Well, I know it gets so hard sometimes. I know you're breaking down. I know yeah. it gets so hard sometimes. Yeah. Now, of course, it's it's kind of different musically each time, but it does come back to that as a hook, as a chorus. But the rest of the song is less, more rock pop song. It's not just like a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus. You kind of have a couple rambling sections and then you get that be calm hook. This is where they kind of start to, that's where they like kind of play with the music a little bit more. Yeah. And then you get into... Another more energetic section yeah. with with things, and then it comes back down, and then you get a real low part in the middle where it's like Nate singing and a violin and maybe a cello or something. And you do get that 
because it feels like a journey, I guess, where it's multiple movements or sections. It's like it's like having multiple acts. Yeah, yeah. All within one song, which I like songs that do that. I mean, I still feel like th- this song in particular and Dog Problems, the song in particular off the format album, are very similar. Yeah. They both are that one extra theatrical song. I feel like I like Dog Problems a little better. I do it captures it a little more, yeah. which as good of a time as any to get into my little personal segue here with get with fun. Get them. Um Try not to be, we don't like to be super negative, and I'll try not to be super negative. This just, I was such a fan of the format for so long. Yes, you were. And Nate Ruess, I really enjoy his singing and, you know, the way that he writes and everything. And this album, for the most part, follows that. It feels like a natural progression from Dog Problems. Yeah, like, if, you, if you put on Dog Problems... Ended that album and then put on this album, it yeah. would still feel like you think, okay, this is the next album from it's, that band. This is the next song, yeah. Then we have Jack Antonoff. Good old Jack. Now, um, from our conversation uh, off recording, I'm assuming you weren't super familiar with him. Not at all. As a person. Yeah, he wasn't Steel Train before Fun. I'm not really familiar with that. My issue with him is that between this album and then Some Nights, which is Fun's next album. Jack, to my understanding from multiple things I've read, wanted more creative input into the band. Because you can tell this this album is Nate's sound. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, the problem is, is that Jack getting more involved into the sound, you ended up with Some Nights, which is a horrific auto-tuned nightmare. Yes. Yeah, that, that's... I think, and I think that's why I had stayed away from him. I didn't go yeah, back and listen if, to the older stuff. If if your introduction to Fun was the Some Nights album, yeah. you would never go back and look at the other stuff to find that it's not that bad. Now, musically, it isn't. I mean, it got really popular and it's really catchy. I'm yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Good for that. them. You know what I mean? But like the auto tune thing, most of all, you have like Nate can sing. Nate can sing uh, obviously a, with this song. He's an amazing singer. He's got a great range and he's got a unique voice. Yes. And then you throw a fully cranked up auto-tune on him that completely ruins everything that makes his vocals amazing. And he just sounds like an auto-tune singer, which um, I got to assume that that comes from Jack because the music he's produced and then his music he's made since then follows yeah. that. The people he's worked with. And Nate yeah. never used, I mean, if there was auto-tune the, in auto-tune. the format, it was like the auto-tune the before everybody knew it. Yeah. It's auto-tune as the tool, not auto-tune yeah. as the effect. Yeah, where you where you're trying to not hear it until T Pain made everybody want to hear it. And we love T Pain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love T Pain. I love he did it because he wanted to rap and sound like a robot. And, and then awesome. for some reason, everybody decided it needed to be on everything. But I, like, I I can't say that I like Bleachers, which is Jack's new project. I've tried to listen to it. I just don't jive with the man, I guess, is the nicest way to put it. And since I feel like once he started getting more creative control and fun, the music went downhill and then the band petered out and Nate has not done very much since. Yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know what everything on behind the scenes because the members describe it as a, a like a part-time project. That yeah. just when they all feel inspired to do this music, they come together and do it, but they all are in a bunch of other 
projects and everything, but they have been on hiatus for seven years now, since 2015. 2015, yeah. So that, I mean, they, they're saying they're not done, they're not finished as a band, they're, you know, temporary hiatus, but no word in seven years. But, I mean, it does say, I don't know what currently is considered, but, you know, with Nate is working on solo albums and things like that. Yeah. Now, I know he put one out. But I don't know if he's still doing more. I I have not seen a lot about him. I guess I could, you know, look into it and see, but, I, you know, new Nate Ruess songs aren't coming up on my release radar or anything like that. And said Andrew is scoring film. Scoring films. film, which so, is awesome. I mean... Which makes sense when you look at the gigantic <laughs> list of instruments. Yeah, when you look at what he did and played and it's twice as long as everybody else's yeah. list. you know he's the one with the glockenspiel and, and the flugelhorn and all that kind of stuff and i mean scoring films is a great job if that's what you're into so you know no hard feelings that's on him for that cool. uh jack's been doing bleachers which you know not my cup of tea but it's it's pretty popular so obviously and working with Taylor Swift and Lord and St. Vincent and Lena Del Rey and Carly Rae Jepsen, which kind of makes sense of where the tone of the music goes. Yeah, he got that really over-the-top, super generic pop sound. The super pop. Which is what made me stop liking fun. <laughs> Interesting fact, Nate Ruess dated Jack Antonoff's sister from 2009 to 2013. And then right after that is when We Are Young came out, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was sabotage. We've uncovered, <laughs> we've unraveled the threads. I don't know, man. It's like, sabotage. You date, you date your band member's sister, and then you break up, and then he has a lot more influence on your next album, and it's not nearly as good. That eh. wait, would you say you date your best friend's sister, and then you break up, and then you each write two corresponding songs about a phone call? No, that's actually <laughs> much better situation. That produced two really great songs. <laughs> There's a ton in the lyrics, and I'm not going to get into them nearly to the level that we got into the AJJ lyrics, because, I don't know, I feel they're not, it's not like that depth of lyrics, it's more no, like it's, it's a theatrical, story. Yeah. yeah, it's not It's not bad, it's well written, it, but it just, now there are some, a couple points in the song that I really, really like, right before you get into the first Be Calm hook section uh you get this kind of musically i don't know what it is but it's it's really quick the all the tree all the treetops turning red the beggars near the bodegas grin at me and i think they want something i close my eyes and tell myself to breathe yep can't you see i'm losing my mind this time this time i think it's for real i can see all the treetops turning red, the beggars near bodegas grin. Me, I think they want something. I close my eyes, I tell myself to breathe I don't know. I just like that. That's really fast, yeah, I like the, and you, yeah. like the music in the back is kind of like getting a little crazy with the with the strings and everything, and then it like and then opens up and slows down, down into calm. that hook. Yeah, the the music at a lot of points in this is definitely flowing with the lyrics. Where he gets hyper and the music's getting hyper, like more staccato, and then it's like, "Now breathe and be calm," and then it just kind of yeah, opens. It follows yeah, the it follows again along. that there's a technique specifically for that when the lyrics and the music follow each other, but I can never remember what it is. Me neither. 
But, I mean, that's kind of, you know, we're not perfectly educated on this shit or anything. We're just not perfectly educated in general. And then, actually, my other favorite part is before the second or third B-Con... No, the... Yeah. Next part's the same thing before the second B-Calm. It's totally different lyrically, but it kind of follows that same sped-up cadence. That's the, the moment, the moment I, was I was baptized. baptized or yeah. the moment I was baptized, when I found out the day I'm going to die. But my favorite part of it is in the middle. He says, And when they come a carolin, so bright, so loud, the theremin will lead us to a chorus where we'll all rejoice and sing a song that goes. And then he goes into yeah. the, oh, be calm. But when he says that, a theremin, a theremin comes yeah. in, which then leads into the chorus, where they rejoice and sing the chorus. So, I always just, you know, it's, I guess, a little cheesy, maybe, but I just love that, you know. It's that it's that musical theater thing. Like it's, it's yeah, it's going you, to be a little more cheesy than your standard song. You say it, and then it happens it in happens. the music. And also, I mean, calling out a theremin. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's and just... that I, as all the instruments that are in this song, the theremin is really just not quite in the same vein as some of the other instruments but it, it's a really nice moment i think that might be my favorite moment of the song and i think it's probably one of mine as well and also i really want a theremin yeah and the way that it leads into the next chorus i guess is what you would call it but that this time it doesn't open up and slow down this is a lot more when you get to be calm you're getting like the snare rolls yeah. and you're getting you know the the more anthemic chorus i guess if you want to pull out like a music critic word that was good and it's just that like repeating the same themes in different ways yeah which i think we've talked about before but like the pre-choruses are similar but a little bit different and then they lead into the same chorus but the chorus is totally different and then when they come back the last time in the chorus in the end of the song it's different again because that's the outro so right. you've got a different feel behind it they're bringing everything together and rounding everything off and kind of finishing the stories of each instrument yeah like, that they've been telling along the way and bringing everything back to a to a good droning ending yes like a doom metal drone happens at the very end of this song not at all where <laughs> what you expect <laughs> to end up with the song and you know we've talked before about like the variating the final chorus of the song yeah people like to do that yeah but this variates every chorus of the song yeah which is really cool and i also really like the chorus like the lyrics of the chorus like they're they're surprisingly not heavy but like yeah that gets a little a lot of it's I mean, it's it's not like shallow lyrics or no, anything no, no, like not that. At all. They're phoned in, but it's a, a lot more of it is setting the you know the scene of the the play the whatever. I mean, <laughs> you could take, you could honestly take this chorus, the you know the oh be calm, be calm. I know you feel like you're breaking down. Oh, I know it gets so hard sometimes. And then take it from me. I've been there a thousand times. You hate your pulse because it still thinks you're alive. Yeah, that line right <laughs> there. 
just sneaks that in this like nice chorus yeah. and then, like that if you just take that line out by itself that's kind of dark that's take that like chunk out put it in like a hardcore song or like a metalcore song yeah i mean i feel like that's like nate's pulling back to being like 17 and like could have yeah. been could have been in like a hardcore band but was in like an acoustic band instead you give this to like middle of the middle of the timeline every time i die oh like, yeah these could be some keith vocals or some keith lyrics oh yeah because it's like you hate your pulse because it thinks you're still alive you think if somebody were to go for that kind of thing like they go for heart yeah or you know something like that that that's more but i don't know just the, the pulse there it's just you, yeah that line hits and it's like oh, it's yeah like, it's like a it's, it's, you almost get this like full body feeling out of it like yeah oh like that's that's everything and that i i feel like that line distills the, the essence of the whole chorus where yeah you know he's telling like calm down like calm, it, but not in a condescending way not in the like oh you know oh, you, you have anxiety you just need to, calm, you just down. Need to yeah. calm down it's like literally take it from me i've been there a thousand times yeah. like he's telling you yeah you're having like you're having a panic attack i've i've been there i've had panic attacks you just gotta try to you know be calm just be calm yeah. <laughs> keep telling yourself that i think that's kind of why it repeats the way uh, it yeah, does i agree because when when you're in a moment like that and you're trying that's to what calm you have yourself to do down, have you to know it. you and i are both there oh, yeah. all the time with the anxiety and you literally just have to sit there tell and yourself tell calm. yourself over and over like you got to stop you can't <laughs> you're gonna fuck yeah, down. you're gonna freak out too much man or like like this is and i feel like it's kind of what we were going back i think it was in the first section just with like our generation having to deal yeah with which well a little off tangent but it's kind of related like we our generation gets shit on a lot you know oh you guys are sensitive you guys are complaining about everything but a lot of our generation generally has a lot of mental health issues that either were not nearly as prevalent before or were you know not diagnosed or right. something so for the you know the people in their 30s now and in their 20s and teens when this came out or you know when the format was out for for our age group it's like this this does hit though yeah, because it, this is something i on almost a daily relatable. basis yeah. i've got to be telling myself to calm down like it's the, bro like you're just you know you're just going out to the grocery store it's, it's be calm yeah so we do get a little bit of some some more of the deepness and dark over happy music it's, it's, it's a, a lot it's a lot i feel i don't know is that some a commentary about us that there's <laughs> we have so many are, different bands that have the same dynamic yeah. of happy music sad or depressing or dark you know lyrics or vice versa but it works too because you can relate to the lyrics without the music compounding your mood you know, you yeah. listen to Motion City, and now there are some songs that, like, make you want to cry, but... True. A lot of the songs, you can relate to the lyrics while still getting upbeat with the music, and, like, you're not wanting to be as depressed because it's, like, that physical reaction to the music from your body, which is why we all love music. And True. Yeah, it's that, that feeling it gives you. I couldn't think of a yeah, better word I don't, than feeling for yeah, some it, reason. But it allows you to, I don't know, zone out and like block out all of your mental bullshit and a way like personally i don't have any other method to do that i can't do the meditation like a lot of people do where you know oh just sit and like 
clear your mind. No, that doesn't no. happen. But music, it can. And you just kind of shut off for a little while. You're just in the song, and then like the song's done. You're like, oh, oh, right, oh yeah. I'm just sitting in my bedroom. Like, there's no. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mentioned when we did the hold steady. How I believe the whole band hold steady, or at least Craig Finn did the seventh inning stretch, right? In a Twins game. Uh, apparently, in 2016, Nate Ruiz played the first period intermission of the NHL Winter Classic. No. Oh. Which is, I'm not super up on hockey. I'm pretty sure that's like the special one they do in the like outside the out, ring. Like the outside rink one, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a that, that's like a hyped thing that's for the cool. NHL. They advertise yeah. that every year. Now, this was when he was in his, uh, right after his solo album came out. Okay. It came out in 2015, and this was at the beginning of 2016. But just following, I guess, you know, with the hold steady thing of bands performing at major sporting events that yeah. you wouldn't think would be tapped to play at major sporting events. Didn't know he was a hockey guy. I don't know. And he's from Arizona. So that's, I mean, Arizona has a hockey team, but I feel like, I don't know, unless you want to go in and cool off. It's, I mean, like, where the fuck not, you're not going to go outside in Arizona. No, but I mean, <laughs> like, like I lived there for a while and then like hockey's just not, a, you know. But it is in Texas for some reason. Yeah, you wouldn't think Texas would have multiple hockey teams. Now that this is a tangent. Yeah, yeah, this is a hell of a tangent. Okay, and once again, my song was Be Calm by Fun off of their 2009 debut album, Aim and Ignite. All right, and my song today was Normalization Blues from AJJ off the Good Luck Everybody album from 2020. And my song was Be Calm by the band Fun off of their 2009 album, Aim and Ignite. You can find those songs, the songs we talked about at the beginning of the episode, and all the other songs from our podcast on our Hit Shuffle podcast playlist on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at hit underscore shuffle. Our Facebook page is the Hit Shuffle Podcast, and our website is the Hit Shufflepodcast.com, where you can find links to everything else. Now I'm going to go ahead and roll a die. So. Thirteen. Thirteen. So go ahead and shuffle thirteen tracks into your library. Tell us what song you get. Tell us a little bit about it. And eventually we'll make a segment or something that has to deal with that. We say it every time, but we haven't done it yet. Well, we're, we're, we need more. Uh, we need more information. We, we, need, we, we need more input from the roles to try to figure out how we're going to do it, I guess. True. I don't know if we need to talk about that. We probably shouldn't tell people we don't know what we're doing. More than they already can tell we don't know what we're <laughs> yeah. doing. So, uh, yeah. And one, one final thing I want to add on here to kind of shill a little bit. Uh, if you do enjoy what you listen to, if you could go ahead and drop us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. Get us in that algorithm. Get some more ears on this mother. Huh? We kind of got to, you know, everybody's got to fight algorithms on everything. Yeah, we got to shill somehow. Speaking of shills, for the Hit Shuffle Podcast, I have been your host, Matt. And I have been your host, Dave. 
Jesus Christ, that was a fucking episode. Yeah, just Matt. I that guy totally. I totally. <laughs> <laughs>